This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Here yeah, it's time for our regular sports uh, segment, Game of Two Halves, every Monday right here about 5.15, where I host these sports uh, podcasters from The Straits Times. I'm Bernard Lim, and with me are sports uh, correspondents, Sazali Abduazis and David Lee. Welcome, guys. Hi, nice Bernard. to be here. <laughs> Good to see you all back again. Yeah. <laughs> okay, on, on Sunday, we saw the return of arguably the biggest name in uh, mixed martial arts, uh, Conor McGregor. Uh, he beat uh, Donald Cowboy Cerrone at uh, UFC 246 in just 40 seconds. Uh, via technical knockout It was McGregor's uh, first MMA fight For 15 months I mean honestly Is he well and truly back? Yeah I think in terms of performance uh, I, I would say yes You know He looked very very impressive No signs of uh, ring rust whatsoever uh, You know people were hyping him up uh, As being in the best shape You know he had ever been in You took that with a pinch of salt You know because you haven't seen him In, a, in an MMA cage for so long But you know his performance was great Well he went for an early punch And then he followed up with a, a knee strike And mm. then you know he had that shoulder uh, Strikes in the clinch And then you know the head kick Which obviously eventually led to the TKO win mm. uh, And I was also really Really impressed uh, by the fact that you know he looked super quick still mm. you know despite going up a weight class because you know a lot of people were were concerned that you know him putting on a bit of mass a bit more muscle mass mm. uh, would result in a, a slower corner but you know he didn't look slow at all mm-hmm. I, I think credit also has to go to his team for preparing him well uh, he, he obviously went into this fight uh, knowing exactly what he wanted to do he went he went for the punch he went for the kill straight away uh, and then knowing probably that Serene would duck and then he, 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 he just need him, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and if you have the time, I think 40 seconds is, is, is very quick. <laughs> you definitely have to yeah. go and catch uh, the, the repeat telecast or, or, or the highlights online because it, it, it was a masterclass. Yeah, the, more, the more you look at it, in terms of both planning, as they said, and, and execution, mm. it, was, it was fantastic. But to answer your question, in terms of whether he's back and active, mm. you know, that, that remains to be seen. I think um, there are no shortage of suitors uh, for him. Mm. Um, Jorge Masvidal is, is, is one, you know, who the fans have climbed up for. Justin Gagey is another one mm. who I'm sure the fans would, would say will provide stiffer tests than uh, than uh, Cowboy did. Um, and there's also that rematch with Khabib, Khabib which, yeah. which uh, Dana White has mentioned a few times already. Like I said, you know, he, he has options if he wants to, to be active in MMA mm. uh, this year. But there is, there's even talk he might do another boxing match. So, you know... <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's that's the what you get when you, when your biggest name you have yeah, so many choices. Yeah. Well, well, one thing there was certain uh, certainly different rather about McGregor this time is a lack of uh, trash uh, talking or, or shenanigans in, in the lead up and after the fight. I mean, is it really a change, man? After the long hiatus away from the sport, I don't think so. Yeah, me neither. Leopard can't change his sport. Yeah, so I don't yeah. Think. So I, I don't think he's a changed man. Um, I think he was certainly humbled a bit uh, by that loss to to Khabib because that meant that you know his last win in the UFC in the MMA was in November 2016 which is a lifetime ago for a fighter mm. so I think he, he knew even he knew you know he should sort of keep his head down a bit heading out heading into this fight and uh, we saw a bit of that trash talk sort of come out in the in the octagon interview and later on in the press conference mm. when, when he started dissing all his potential um, you know rivals so yeah, I think slowly we'll see the you know Connor's true self come out when he he regains his confidence. Yeah, with so mm. many egos and personalities on the on the circuit, I think it won't be long 
before we see someone needle him and then he he reacts to it. <laughs> but it was there were some signs of humility, you know, when when he went down and I don't know console or talk to to even hard mm. after cowboy's grandma yeah, yeah, yeah. after yeah, so, the, after the fight. So yeah. change man may, maybe not, but I I think uh, the loss to Habib probably changed him a little bit mm-hmm. and and added some humility to him. Yeah. yeah. Well, the the UFC reported a, a gain of over eleven million US dollars from the UFC two forty six event. I mean, despite the attendance of only 19,000 people, I mean, is there potentially a lucrative uh, move to kind of host a, a big name fight involving McGregor in, in Singapore, perhaps? Yeah, so the UFC has held events here, um, I think, four times already uh, in the last five years, uh, or seven, six years rather. It, it has drawn um, a mixed crowd because, you know, the, the names aren't huge. Cowboy actually fought in 2017. Mm. And, and I, I would say, you know, he was one of the biggest male fighter, biggest name male fighters to, to come to Singapore. But it's, it's, it's a long shot, I would say, to have a, a, a fighter with as big a name as McGregor to come to Singapore because of scheduling issues. And if you're looking at somewhere exotic where, you know, you can sort of attract rich people, mm. Japan is, a, is, is a, uh, an option as well, you know, mm. in the Far East. And, and, you know, they have a far richer um, mixed martial arts and martial arts history in general. So, and there's obviously China also, which, you know, obviously is starting to be a hub for even MMA. So, uh, I would say it's a long shot, but I would not say it's an impossibility. So, mm. you know, Singapore is obviously a, a beautiful city and, and it has shown it's capable of hosting, a, you know, world-class sporting events. So, why mm. not a, a McGregor fight? Mm-hmm. Well, if you like the, the Straits Times uh, spot on and, and, and Game of Two Halves, you can listen to us live. Friday on Monday uh, on Money FM 89.3. This is at about 5.15 p.m. Or you can subscribe to Game of Two Halves on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, or Spotify and like us and give us a rating. And now back to the second half of our conversation with our ST Sports uh, podcasters where we talk about some sporting events that took place locally over the weekend. Now, the SMBC Singapore Open wrapped up on uh, Sunday with American golfer uh, Matt uh, Kusha winning the tournament and banking a coup uh, 180,000 US dollars in prize money as well. Uh, David, you, you were covering some of the coverage. I know, uh, was it well-deserved? No, both of us. Uh, yeah, we were both on the, on the greens. Yeah, yeah, so, uh-huh. Definitely well-deserved, you know, when you consider how he had made a, a triple bogey to, to wipe out his uh, three-shot lead mm. in the final round, seventh hole. It was horrible. Uh, and, and how he kept his cool, you know, to play steady regulation golf. Uh, before attacking the the 16 and 18, made, making birdies on two of those last three holes, uh, definitely well deserved. And on the first day as well, he he actually he was the only golfer in the top 14 um, on the leaderboard to mm. actually have a, a a double bogey, and also I think he, he just had a bogey, mm-hmm. but he also bounced back with two. Birdies, birdies in the in the next three holes, I think. So, yeah, you know, it's it's it was a really curious uh, sort of tournament for Matt Kuchar. But I think, you know, when all the dust settled, you know, he 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 clearly had a good tournament, and and I guess he he was a, a well deserving winner. What was the the highlight of the tournament for you? After the the tournament, Matt Kuchar was saying, you no, know, that that was the best uh, triple bogey he made. You know, <laughs> because not only did he have to um, stay keep calm and, and composed he, he actually had a long 10 or 12 footer to, to make triple bogey it could have easily have been a, a quadruple bogey oh, and, the, okay. and, and he would have lost the lead then mm. yeah but uh, you know keeping his cool to, to, to make that 12 footer for, for triple bogey was quite a highlight was it like a memorable moment for you well, for me I, I, I remember the surprise uh, leader on the first day which mm. was um, a Thai Japanese mm. golfer by the name of Kosuke Hamamoto mm. so 
uh, he is 20 and and I think as the sort of whole sort of progress and then we, we look at this guy who's sort of suddenly being uh, six under par mm. and we're like <laughs> who is this guy? And then, you know, so I think it's it's you know the SMBC Singapore Open has also been a good platform for for the younger golfers, particularly in the region, to sort of um, rise up the ranks and show what they they are worth against you know some players like Matt Kuchar, who's mm. world number twenty four. Right. You know, there was Henrik Stenson in the field mm. as well, Justin Rose. So and and know. Hamamoto wasn't the only young mm. young player. I mm. mean, yeah. the seventeen year old Kim Joo Hyung, mm. he finished third mm. and earned a, a place in, in the British Open. Mm. Uh, so that it was an elite field. You know, uh, the the full set of Olympic medalists were there Justin Rose the gold medalist Henry mm. Stenson silver medalist and of course Matt Kuchar who eventually won uh, the tournament but you know for this 17 year old boy to come out and, and, and rub shoulders and, and compete among the best and finish third mm. what a story absolutely and, and moving on next to, to basketball right now guys the Singapore Slingers uh, last year's uh, ASEAN Basketball League finalists lost uh, 67-65 to Thai franchise uh, Mono Vampire the OCBC Arena on Sunday as well, the same day. It was their fifth defeat after just eight games this season. Is there cause for concern? I think it's definitely very frustrating to watch if you are a Slingers fan uh, because they keep putting themselves in positions, in good positions where they are leading you know, in the third quarter or even in the final quarter but uh, they, they don't finish strong. They, they play not so aggressively in offence and their defence break, break apart as well. So there's definitely cause for concern because they're not closing out the games like, like they would like to you know and, mm. and while it's early in the season these wins or, or losses all add up and you know affect the, the seeding for the playoffs and are there any uh, positives for the, for the team or, or in this case for coach uh, Neo Bing Xiang to, to take away from uh, these early games uh, so far of course we, we talk about them uh, losing their leads but the positives are that they actually have the lead so they, they are doing some things right you know uh, they're, they're trying to Start strong. They, uh, they start most games strong, but it's just about uh, keeping the 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 tempo high uh, for the four, full four quarters. Uh, I think they've their their new imports. Anthony McLean is is a big strong guy under under the post, and uh, you know they have another former MVP in Marcus Elliott. Uh, who, who, if if he gets going, if he starts shooting like uh, how he did when he won the MVP with Hong Kong Eastern, then mm. they have two very good assets. Uh, the local players, Leon Quack, if he's firing, uh, can be a very big asset for the Slingers as well. And Delvin Go is 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 scoring double doubles almost every game, so he's stepping up. So it. it Probably they, t- they need time to gel and get together, um, but they have to do it fast because it's already uh, eight games gone and they have five losses. So, so what will be there? What, what's going to be next for the Slingers right now? I mean, how many more games do they need to play or, or who is next that uh, uh, will be coming up to? Right, so there's uh, 18 more uh, regular season games. I, I think they take a break now for Chinese New Year before they get going again. Uh, but it's going to be a very hectic schedule. I think uh, six games or eight games in, in February and then 10 games in March. They, they'll make the playoffs most probably. But, mm. you know, like I said, um, they, they need to start winning to put themselves in, in better position uh, for the playoffs in terms of seedings. Mm-hmm. Was the support good as well at the, at the OCBC Arena for, for the games yesterday? 
it, it depends, you know, whether it's a weekday game or a weekend game. Weekend games are usually well attended and, and depends on the opponents as well. When they played against Alap Filipinas, uh, you know, the Philippine contingent were, were out in full force and we had more than 2,000 uh, fans, which which is very healthy by any standards. Uh, yeah, so, and, and we, we beat them, you know. Uh, it was a wire-to-wire victory. It was a big victory against a strong team. So, yeah, uh, they definitely need the, the, the support of uh, the home fans to, to back them. Okay, so that's a message well noted. We need more support of the uh, Singapore Slingers whenever they play at home. So there goes the final whistle for our sports discussion of the week. We really hope that you enjoyed uh, listening to us. Uh, glad to have you both in the studio, uh, Sazali and David. Thank Thanks, you, man. Always a pleasure. That was an SPH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times and The Business Times online.